Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. Yourself? I'm doing well. Um, okay. It looks like it will hold up the recording. Excellent. I'm very so, excited. <laughs> uh, hey, Zoo from TikTok is how we initially met. I know you as Hazel. Yeah, a lot of people online know me as Zoo or Hazel or really anything's good. And you are an Appalachian leftist. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your uh, family work, uh, hobbies? Uh, My husband and I have three kids. Um, I stay home with the kids and I keep uh, my sister's kids as well. Um, which was really interesting during pandemic schooling, but we did it, man. We made it. Oh, gee, that uh, sounds like a nightmare. It was not as bad as I thought <clears throat> it would be. I was expecting more struggle, and it wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but overall it was a pretty decent experience. Okay. Um, so not too bad. And then, you know, we do our share of gardening, and we have some chickens and And, and you... Like you just opened up a free store, didn't you? Yeah, our opening date is actually August 1st. Um, we're really excited about that. We're starting out in a storage unit, but we've got hopes that uh, we can convince somebody with an empty storefront to let us use it in exchange for utilities. We'll see. That's so cool. I saw the uh, video you posted about it. It's yeah. so inspiring. I love that. The community is really excited about it. Uh, we haven't even officially opened, and people are are just excited Buzzing. to bring by. They're trying to give us money, which we don't need. Um, eventually, we will probably need a little bit of that, but at this point, we don't need any money, just stuff. That's fantastic that you have such an outpouring of people um, ready to help. It hasn't I even opened yet. I know, and I think that's pretty common in Appalachia. When you when you come up with a way to help the community, you typically get a fair amount of support. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's. Uh, do you think that's specific to Appalachia, or do you think that's just the um, working class in general are always willing to help out more than others? I, I definitely think it's a working class thing, um, but especially in rural areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you tend to see even the more well just excited to do something to, to benefit the community. So it's been a pretty cool thing so far and we're not even open yet. It's more of a charitable um, family oriented ethos in uh, rural America. Well, and you know, a lot of people that are, of course we won't do any means testing or anything like that. No. But uh, when you think of a free store, a lot of times you think of people who are um, unemployed or potentially unhoused. And a lot of people that are unhoused uh, have connections to, you know, opiate addiction. And that is something that no matter your class out here that's touched your life in some way, it's, you know, been your kid or your cousin or sometimes your parent. So have you noticed an uptick in uh, opiate addiction? in the last couple of years? Um, I can't say that I personally have noticed. Um, but we do have, uh, we have a clinic in town that is not real popular with people that, uh, even people that are familiar with addiction, they, they don't love the clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, so we do see, people that live in this community but we're also we also have the only clinic that serves kind of this little region so we do see people from out of the county come in to get treatment i see at least there's um a little bit of treatment going on you don't see a lot of that yeah it'd be nice if it was more but uh I will say that our county, even through, they take a lot of heat from some people in the community for having that clinic. Um, That's heartbreaking. They just just put up with it. They take the heat because it's worth doing. Oh, Uh, sure. And our county does, they also do a drug court program, uh, which is, again, not perfect, but at least 
some avenue to keep some people out of prison for I mean it's it's, you know it's not it's not a struggle they chose that that struggle chose them yes yes and it can't be ignored anymore you know I mean it's it's nationwide yeah it's it's fascinating they can blame it on just us being hillbillies or what (laughs) yeah it's yeah you, you can't it's affecting every single class race yeah so you can't look away anymore. Nope. Um, could you tell me a bit about your experiences as a leftist in the Appalachians? Well, it was pretty lonely at first, but uh, what I have found is uh, the more vocal I am, the more I find that there are others like me, some of which didn't even probably never would have considered themselves a leftist before or maybe don't now Mm -hmm. but you find you have a lot in common with them um and it just takes speaking up and it's it's uncomfortable and you do get some unpleasantness they're they're probably like they're common areas that you can find among any working person or any impoverished person that that will speak to you and you know it's it's up to us to color it as a leftist talking point yeah and, and it that way yeah it still surprises me all the time people that i know of to be very conservative um but they're willing to have conversations if if you can talk to them about you know real life things they're willing to talk to you about those real life things and and you come to find out that they're fine with universal health care. Mm-hmm. They can see where it's needed. Um, there's just a general distrust of government, and I think we can all agree with that, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just uh, connecting the distrust of the government to the corporations that are lobbying the government. Like how do, how do yeah. we draw that connection? And that really is the struggle because there are a lot of people that can say, yeah, uh, the reason our politicians get to the levels they are and that kind of thing is because of the funding from these giant corporations. And, you know, they can agree that a lot of it's dirty, but it's like getting, getting them to agree to change it seems too big. Like, I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. know if they think it's not possible, so it's not worth trying for. Or if there's some other underlying fear in there. Because, um, you know, they're afraid of all the bu- buzzwords. Mm-hmm. The, the socialism and the communism. And we're hearing a lot about cultural Marxism and silliness like that right now. So, Well, it's multi-generational, the, uh, the Red Scare propaganda that's been permeating through culture. And it's going to take generations of... Uh, of um, pro-communist propaganda to um, to cleanse it from us, from our uh, psyche. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're honestly just now at a point where we can even start to, to openly do that, especially in areas mm-hmm. that are more deeply conservative. There can be a safety concern, um, especially if, you know, you're working or you're renting a house if if the person you're working for or renting from decides they don't like your politics they'll find a way to out you yeah it's all in the employer and landlord's hands they can if they want you gone they'll find a way to get you gone yep Uh, do you have a hard time reaching out to reactionaries and conservatives around you or do you just typically keep um, conversations non-political? Well, I have a lot because I, I have not always been a leftist. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you could grow up in an area where everyone's afraid to say it out loud and be anything other than conservative in your younger life. Mm-hmm. But 
if you can establish a relationship that doesn't have anything to do with politics, then you can do a little something. Um, but you know, there are a lot of people that aren't aren't safe to reach out and talk about those things. And if they're not safe, they shouldn't do it. I certainly am not mm-hmm. advocating for you know the LGBTQ plus community or uh, racial minorities to just show up in the middle of town and start hollering. Yeah, um, we have to we have to keep ourselves and our comrades safe before anything. Yeah, safety first, um, and then if you're safe, man, go for it. I have seen people do you know complete mm-hmm. one piece when they start to kind of see the reality of they're struggling because the system it is trying to struggle. Yeah. It takes real dedication to reach out to some of these people. I don't it know how does. people, how some people really do it. So there are some people that devote their activism to reaching out. And you to, know, sometimes yeah. it's easier than others. Um, but I do feel like, and I think I'm not the only one, I go through spells where all I want to do is yell at people and tell mm-hmm. them how wrong they are because you just you do hit your limit and that's when you know you need to step back and do something else for a while maybe take a day off the internet or mm, sometimes several months off yeah. from trying to Meditate. have any meaningful discussion it's it's brutal and sometimes you just want to scream at the wall <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep uh, what are the most important causes in your community for you? Oh, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to pick, um, especially when you see, when you spend a lot of time looking at all the areas that could really use support. Um, a lot of what I'm doing right now is, you know, working on the free store, trying to find a way to provide services to people in the community that nobody has to pay for or has to pay as little as possible for. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's hard not to look around and see where healthcare could change everything for a lot of people. Childcare Mm -hmm. is immensely important. Um, We're in a childcare desert. Just there aren't any daycares here because who could pay to have their child go there? We can't afford that. And the poor yeah. workers don't get paid much more than minimum wage. I mean, that's I why like that's why my wife stays home is because there's no way we could afford the child care. Yeah, and it's the same way with us. I, I'm I'm too poor to work. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't afford child care for both of the kids. And then for both of the small ones, we have three. But our oldest is almost 17 which is real hard to believe, but <laughs> he doesn't need childcare, but the two younger ones do. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the younger ones uh, is on the autism spectrum and okay. is just super smart, delightful child, but there's not a lot of people here qualified to keep him. Yeah, That's just added um, complications for any yep, caregiver. End up being at work and, and having to leave several times a week to go pick him up because, you know, yeah, He's having a struggle that they can't help him through. Mm-hmm. That's brutal. It's, it feels like it's just, um, it's forever meant to keep us in a state of perpetual precarity where we're unable to, <sighs> unable to ever lift out of our, um, our poverty. I, it really is because even, even looking forward, because a lot of a lot of parents set that when the kids are all in school, Mark, when they're in school, then I can work. But mm-hmm. if you're still not trying to pay for childcare before and after school, you can only work those school hours. And if you're working 30 hours a week for, you know, minimum wage and you're lucky enough to find a job that will only have you work during those school hours, then you mm-hmm. have found a unicorn. Like, it's just not yeah. a thing that exists. And then there's, you know, the expense of uh, the added transportation mm-hmm. for the children and for yourself going to work. And then the, um, the cost of added health care costs due to kids being around other kids getting sick. 
Yeah. And in a lot of places, even car insurance, you know, mm-hmm. can, part of that can be calculated by how many miles you typically drive. Um, and if you live any kind of even like sort of rural, like your drive to work could drastically change even what you're paying mm-hmm. for car insurance. And there's absolutely no public transportation where you're at, I'm sure. As we have one bus that runs through town um, that makes stops. And that's mostly, I think, mostly like an elder service. Okay. Because um, like a lot of rural places, we have a very, a, an older demographic. We have a lot of elderly people. So yeah. it makes stops by, I think, the DMV and places like that like official places and then the grocery store. That's another, another aspect of um, uh, healthcare that I, I see at my job a lot is the, um, the senior drivers are unable to retire because of the cost of health insurance. Yeah, Absolutely. And so, just, yeah. frankly, a lack of, of people to step in and take the jobs. Yep, yep, there's that problem, too. Now, even our even our school bus drivers here, we struggle because the, the hours are not much. The pay is not much. Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody can, and most jobs are not going to let you maneuver your full-time work schedule to accommodate driving a bus for early release days and things like that. So it oftentimes ends up being a lot of the already retired from other jobs people that are driving even our school buses yep and um yeah because everything's geared to be profitable Mm -hmm. so if i don't know (laughs) i'm frustrated (laughs) now (laughs) i know It's like there's no way out. and uh, It's just everything's geared to ensure that we can't rise above our station assigned us at birth. And that has been something I really try to share when I have the opportunity with, you know, people that I live near is this isn't the way life was for our grandparents. Like... A lot, not not all of our grandparents, but a lot of our grandparents, they might have gotten by with doing trash pickup for the neighbors. And then, you know, they do odd jobs on other people's farms, or maybe they had a few <laughs> acres where they farmed, you know. They I mean, the, the people. Cattle and then sell the cattle, and that was their money for the year. Boomers love to brag about how... <laughs> <laughs> how they 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 bought their house for three thousand dollars and worked all through college, but they worked part time at you know a Dairy Queen, you know three hours a week, and their entire college debt was probably two thousand dollars. Right, they did you know maintenance at a oh, did, yeah odds and ends here and there, <laughs> and, and they were they able had... to have you know a five kids and everybody was taken care of and there was like parents and stuff like we can't do that yeah their ice cream shop job was unionized and they had full (laughs) benefits and but then they they get so smug about it when millennials or gen xers are are struggling because work 60 hours a week with mountains of debt to look forward to. Yeah, no insurance. Or even when you have insurance, I mean, my husband has, through his job, has some of the best insurance you can have where we're at. Mm-hmm. And we still, I mean, we pay thousands you're still, of yeah. dollars. Yeah, you're still smothering in debt from <laughs> this... And heavily insured health policy. Right? So we're paying <clears> out <throat> behind for insurance every month so that then we can turn around and pay thousands of dollars for, you know, an MRI or whatever. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. 
And there are jobs, a lot of jobs, a surprising number of jobs that you will not get hired or you will, you know, later be fired if you have things in collections. Yeah. So there are people who are not making enough at their job. They have to work 60 hours a week at for that crappy insurance for them to pay thousands of dollars, have some of it go to collections because they're too poor to pay it and then lose yeah. their job because they couldn't pay the medical bills because the job didn't pay yeah, enough then, in the first place. Then where do you go? Then what do you <laughs> the do? You end up working at the gas station, some terrible shift. Yeah. And you know, you no choice. So you can't, you can't argue for better wages or you can't, you better yeah. not talk to other employees about how awful it is. No, no, don't talk about your pay. And that, I mean, if you're in a at will state right to work, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they can just fire you. Just, they can it's walk amazing. in and say, I don't like Tuesdays. I'm grumpy. You're fired. Like that's it. Yeah, I mean, who's going to argue? Are you going to get a lawyer and take this giant corporation to court? <laughs> no. no, because it costs money to get that lawyer. They require a down payment. So where are you going to get that down payment? Not the job you got fired from. Nope. Everything's geared to protect the people who already have the money. Can't get a loan because you don't have, you know, a current job. Yeah. it's just it's just a big That's cycle if, so... if you have money we'll give you as much money as you want if you're yeah. already rich yeah, every it's... avenue to get more money is open to you but those of it's... us down here in the struggle we got nothing it's expensive being poor it is um and... are there any actions in your area pardon or that um inspire you to act oh my gosh um how how organized of actions are we talking anything i i couldn't organize (laughs) my shoelaces (laughs) because there's not a lot of like professional level organized i mean there are groups in the area generally speaking professional i mean that that a free store sounds pretty organized to me right i don't know how organized we are but we are doing the thing and that's that's fucking amazing that are just like ready to show up and fucking do this shit like it doesn't matter because we're sitting here going we don't actually know how to do this we haven't done it before i mean we've read things online and and sent emails to ask some questions and that kind of thing but overall we're just kind of making it up as we go along great and yeah if it gets good yeah if it gets resources to people in need that means you're doing it right exactly and that i mean for the past i'm not sure three or four years um i do a clothing drive in the fall okay and it is literally just as simple as i put on social media hey you know i'm collecting clothes and people will come drop them off on my porch And then there's a church in town that gives um, free lunch to just anybody. It's not means tested or anything, but that's where a lot of the, you know, unhoused people go and, and that kind of thing. And so they let me set up there once or twice a month with a a friend and we would just go sit in the grass with a couple of tables and let people take as many clothes as they could carry. And yet (laughs) the part that my husband was least excited about, uh, bless him because we just were literally running out of room is every time I would go set up. I mean, we would have people who they did not have anywhere to live. They had no Mm -hmm. clothes except it was on their body. Uh, They had nothing. And they Mm -hmm. would leave with a trash bag full of clothes. Like just people would come and take massive amounts of clothes, which is exactly what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But I never came home with fewer clothes than I took out. Every time I would be set up, people from the community would, like, bring more clothes, which is uh, amazing. Like, it's beautiful. That's but so husband, inspiring. We don't have anywhere to put it. I'm like, I know. It'll probably work out. <laughs> like, uh, <you're> probably- 
that's so inspiring though that people just net people just naturally want to give and help they really do and i think we're not given the opportunity to do that a lot of Mm -hmm. the times you're talking about volunteering and there's you know commitments and and things that you can't or won't do when you are working that 60 hours a week and you've got kids and you know you're exhausted mm-hmm. making a commitment to show up somewhere a couple times a month and give an hour is a lot you gotta, you gotta fill out this form if you want to help or yeah you, you, you gotta show up at this time exactly yeah and that i mean i think that we're not shown enough ways to just go do like Mm -hmm. no one has to give you permission i am in charge of things which is ludicrous like (laughs) i should not be in charge of anything people will send me messages and they're like i know you're running this thing so i wanted to check with you and i'm like oh what (laughs) What? i'm I'm not an adult (laughs) don't ask me (laughs) you have that moment of like terror because like Anyway, That's, so yeah. you know, I guess I just I just send I just send everyone to my wife. She knows what's going on. I just <laughs> I'm just guessing. Really. That's I know people have to think. I know I talk about my husband a lot, but he's pretty fantastic. But I know people have to think that he's like some sort of crazy controlling man or whatever, because they'll be like, Hey, can you do this or would you be able to help me with this? And I'm like, Let me check my husband because I don't know what my schedule mm-hmm. is. That's legit. I have no yep. idea what we're doing. <laughs> Done. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're having a me and uh my wife got married during the pandemic because she had lost her job and was eight months pregnant and yeah. she needed insurance. So we yeah, yeah. I mean we were gonna marry eventually, but it just kinda could put a rush on it. So we got married real quick. Uh it's just a small thing with her sister and brother-in-law in our house and so now this year we're having like a, a wedding celebration this oh, that's uh, so fun next weekend see and... i wanted like a courthouse wedding but my husband is a little more traditional and you know likes people I mean, and yeah. stuff we <laughs> actually she 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 would have liked like she's catholic to have the whole thing but it just wasn't in the cards yeah and uh but yeah back to the um there's so many things coming at us and i have no idea i can't keep track of anything she has everything just memorized in her head no problems no questions asked so i'm just always running to her with questions about what am i doing today would I she be no willing idea. to tutor me? Because I feel like <laughs> it's and, you know, unreal. Fuck, fuck gender norms and all that, but I feel I like know. that's traditionally like the woman's role is like family secretary. And uh-huh. wow, am I not <laughs> capable of that? <laughs> My it's, husband it's, scheduled it's all doctor's appointments, like for the kids, for me, oh, like boy. all I, of it. I I. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll go to the doctor with um with my son from a previous marriage, mm-hmm. and the doctor will be asking me like questions about him that I have to look to to my wife to <laughs> so she can tell her <laughs> because I have no idea I I'm terrible about remembering well, things and you know people like to put that on dads and my husband like. He's probably if it's school related, that's my area. I know mm-hmm. what the kids are doing in school and who all their teachers are and all that. I got that, but like everything else, where's their social security card? I have yeah. no idea, but Bambos? I know. <laughs> 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 um, my my oldest son and my husband, their birthdays are obviously many years apart, but like in the month, they're only one day apart. Oh, geez. So every time I have to give my husband's birth date for something or my son's, like, I have to give the upfront, 
one of them is the 26th and one is the 27th and it's hard for me to remember which one under pressure <laughs> because oh, I, oh man i'm with you 100 i'm terrible with dates anniversaries birthdays i'm the worst oh well i feel better that i'm not the only one because yeah it's not good <laughs> um in your area is there a lot of uh, Democratic Party activity? No. Do you uh, see any future for the Democratic Party in your uh, area? I mean, I can say in my county, there is not very much. Um, mm-hmm. In one of the counties adjacent to me, they're, uh, I mean, they're like the rich county in this area. They have quite a bit of money. Um, you know, demographics are a lot different. So I think they have a fair amount of, of Democratic Party activity, but I see none in my county and the others surrounding that are very similar to mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not see where the Democratic Party, if they continue on like they are, where they have a future. And I can say the same thing about the Republican Party. It, it won't, it at least won't be the Republican Party we know, but yeah, I just can't. I struggle to see a world where the Democrats rally and and truly head toward the left, even a skosh. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, just, I don't see any. I don't, I don't see the Democratic Party making any substantive moves leftward. No, I mean, why would they? I mean they they've got the. Per- you know. Yep, they get to pretend to be there for us without having to actually put any skin in the game, and they continue to get you know their money from people who have you know yeah, more I'm rich sure they, or whatever. I mean, why would they want to rule when they got more donations than ever while Trump was president? Mm-hmm. That's where Works that's where they want to be. They want to be the the official opposition party. And I would love to be proven wrong. Like, mm. I would love for to, to wake up tomorrow and just the news is full of the Democrats have decided to actually be a left-leaning party. Yeah. But I think we're just going to be stuck in this having two right-wing parties and we're screwed till we figure something else out. Yeah. What do you think the what do you think the best way to um, push Democrats left would be? Hell, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I think that you have to any solve this of, now. Okay. All right. All right. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> but really, I think talking <laughs> when we're when we're talking about community issues, when we're trying to solve those community issues. Um, on whatever scale from the smallest to the biggest we need to make sure that we're talking to people um, who are not just you know upper middle class Mm -hmm. Um, that we're talking to people who are struggling we're talking to people who are young and we're letting them know that for now we're here for them and if we all stand up together, then maybe we get someone who at least pretends to hear us. Because right now we don't even have the illusion that the Democratic Party is listening. So I think if there were more of us who were comfortable with being vocal and kind of the beauty is once one loud mouth stands up and carries on for a while, then other people start to feel comfortable saying the same things. Mm-hmm. So I think... I think we just have to keep educating and we have to let people know that there is more than what we're getting. And I think if the votes are there, which is such just, it feels terrible uh, to kind of reduce our struggles down to, we have to make the democratic party want our votes. But if the votes are there, they will come for them. Mm -hmm. Um, because it does mean fundraising. I, I don't I don't think they give a hot shit about no whether or not we're okay, but they'll chase that money. Yeah. Do you do you think there's um do you think there's uh 
valid reasons to uh, promote electoralism and reform? Or do you think the, the real change is going to be from uh, like your free store, just acts of kindness and reaching out to others? Um, I think local poli- I, national politics, of course, matters for sure um, and state level. But I think local politics are everything. I just think enough people don't know that. The city council um, meetings. Yeah, city council, board of supervisors, school board. Like, the far right is making a calculated move toward especially the school board right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're coming for your they're coming for your local board of supervisors. They want those seats. And not, not the Republicans that have pretty much always been in those seats that are just you know regular people that think we should give the military money like we're talking right-wing extremists these are not just your neighbor fred who sits on the town council um they're making a calculated move Mm -hmm. and they're coming for those seats and i don't think enough people especially enough leftists because they do tend to be less likely to get involved in you know local electoral politics yeah especially local i think most leftists like to view the world in larger broad strokes and i just i don't see where electoral politics is different than any anything else okay if you have the support at the bottom the top will get its shit together yeah it's, it's a tool that needs to be used I mean, look at the the entire reason that there is a school breakfast program is because of the organizing done by the Black Panthers. Yep. It wasn't, they didn't focus on, we're going to take down, you know, this presidential candidate we don't like. We said, they said, we're going to feed our neighbors. We're going to set up other types of mutual aid. And that got the government paying attention. Yep. And then they got infiltrated and then murdered, which I'd like yeah. to avoid that part. Yes. But that's also a, that's <laughs> also a part of giving. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. So I just I just feel like if if more of us did that community outreach, like the organic community outreach, not mm. some outside organizing group comes into your rural town and tries to get you to go to their boring ass meetings and all that. But like legitimate talking to your neighbors and going, hey, I've really noticed that this is a need. Let's go fix that. And then just go fix it. Mm-hmm. Then people are going to trust you. They're going to see that you're there for the community. You're not just there for politics. You're not just there for, you know, mm-hmm. what you can get or what alliances you can draw. You're there to do the damn work. People need to see you in the trenches doing the labor. Exactly. They need to know that. You are the person, politics can line up however they do or don't, Mm -hmm. but they know that if they need help, they can come to you and you will help them find what they need. Yep. No, I agree. We need to, um, I feel like we need to reach out to people um, regardless and just anyone that needs help with anything. And then that's how we kind of planted the seed, you know. Um, yeah. Community. Because uh, no one's going to trust someone coming up and saying, let me give, let me tell you about economic theory and then I'll help you. Nobody wants right. that. Right. And I think I've said this before, but fuck theory. I mean, yeah. theory is I mean, good. It, it's, it, there's a point where it's useful. Um, but if you're spending all of the time you could be out getting your hands dirty and helping people reading theory and then trying to tell people about that dry ass theory, mm-hmm. you're missing the mark. It just just like with politics, I think local politics is way more important than a lot of people, especially on the left, give it credit for because mm-hmm. the world can be going to shit and your board of supervisors can be holding the community together. Yeah. But even then, none of that matters if you're not out actually making things better for people. Mm -hmm. None of it matters. 
do the work. Do the work. And I feel like you don't even you don't even have to like the people that you reach out to to help. Let no, all and that fall aside. Just they're not gonna better. like you. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody they're... likes the leftist. We're, no. we're insufferable. We're the worst. No. We are the worst because we're always talking about theory. Yeah. We're talking about theory and no, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there, and I got to say, like, I've never particularly worried if people liked me or not, uh, mostly because I can't usually tell if people actually like me or not because people are weird. Yeah. Uh, they don't say what they mean and I can't I guess assume, at it. So. I assume yeah. no one likes me, so... <laughs> right then I'm never disappointed there you go. but when there's someone you know has you know through interactions or whatever they do not like you they do not care for you as a human if you evaporated they would be fine with that mm-hmm. but for them to come to you and Ask need help, help yes yeah. like and there's no feeling of look at me you know they came crawling to me for help it's it's humbling like to uh, I don't know it's just it really it it means so much more like I to be in a position to be able to help another person and for even the people that you know would spit on you if they could get away with it to know that you are reliable and you're not gonna let them you know be naked or hungry yeah I like to think that we don't get to pick and choose who deserves a life of dignity that's not on us that's not up to us we have to make sure everybody is able to get a life of dignity regardless of whether we like them or not exactly there never am i going to deny someone help even in situations where i feel like maybe it is unsafe there's got to be a way that I can do it where I'm not alone in a car with you or, you yeah. know, like yeah. there's some way that I can help you and yeah. I can stay precautions. safe. Yeah. Take yeah. precautions. Cause I don't, I mean, I'm a fool and would pick up every hitchhiker and whatever else uh, when my kids weren't in the car. If it wasn't, you know, again, my husband is the adult in the relationship and man, <laughs> he'd be mad. Uh, <laughs> so you know like I don't do that I do try to you know think of my safety uh, because I do tend to just assume that everyone means well Um, even people that I know don't I have to assume that at some point they will that at some point they're going to mature or have their needs met a lot of times salty people just do not have their needs met and they're fucking miserable yeah nobody's nobody's an antagonist you know, in their own, in their own story. Right. Everybody, there's, there's reasons and the reasons are usually just not, (sighs) the reasons are usually for criminal behavior. And I put that in quotes. Yeah. Is because their needs aren't met. Their, 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 their road to a life of dignity isn't available. So people take, People take actions that some of us find repugnant, but they see yeah. as necessary. And I mean, we have, I mean, decades and decades of research that shows that poverty changes your brain. Mm-hmm. Like, especially that it's, poverty yeah. in early childhood, it literally changes your brain. Yeah. And you see, how you in see the world? Different. Yeah. I, I can't expect them to make the same decisions that someone who has always had their needs met would make. Absolutely not. No, I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's poverty is traumatizing. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you've been through it, you never look at things the same. No. And you don't, it's so insidious. Like you don't even notice a lot of the ways that you're traumatized. Like only Mm -hmm. now where, and we're not rolling in it, but we're okay. We're fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Only now do I kind of see how um, 
that early single motherhood and even, you know, some things when I was a child, when you don't really realize that you're poor. Um, but then as an adult, you're telling people about this story from your childhood that you think is endearing and they have no basis to understand it because <laughs> they have never lived like that poor life, you know? Oh my Lord. Uh, yeah. It's a struggle. Like my, I married up a little bit. Um, like he's got some class, my husband. Um, <laughs> and so bless him. Like there just the other day, I told him a story about, you know, something in my childhood that I thought was like cute and fun. And he was like, did you say that there weren't interior walls in your bedroom? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, um, I did say that, but it was summertime. Like there was another room that, that did have interior walls and insulation, but it got real hot. <laughs> so then in the summer, we slept in the room that didn't have interior walls because it uh... got cooler at night. Um, and he just had no basis for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, me and, me and my wife, uh, we we do the same thing. I came from uh, more impoverished life, and she she came from a comfortable middle class. She never, you know, she didn't come from money or anything, but she had a middle yeah. class uh, childhood. And I'll tell her stories, and she's just aghast. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why our see. Look, we're talking about poverty and trauma and it changes your brain yeah and we and can't remember dates we can't anything. remember anything but honestly um, I mean, there's some things that i just don't find important and they drive her nuts sometimes yeah i i my husband is a patient man yes. uh, i don't <laughs> care about holidays I yep. don't oh my think God. about yeah, birthdays. I don't presents, understand how to buy presents. presents for people. Oh, I'm the worst at giving gifts. <laughs> like, it's I'll always just, so I, bad. And I'm terrible with money because if it's in my pocket, you're supposed to spend it, right? So I'm always my, I mean, she takes full charge of the finances because if it's in my account, I'll just spend it. I'll just give it away. Mm, see I'm the opposite I hoard um because (laughs) you know like when we were yeah you don't ever know like what if I lose my job before the next paycheck so like I would make decisions that looking back I can see were not the correct decisions but especially that single motherhood time and then my husband and I were dating and he would not be able to get a hold of me because I had to pick between paying this bill or my cell phone bill and so I just let my cell phone bill lapse, which of course was more expensive because yep. then you have to pay the reconnect fee and all that. Yeah. But I felt like I could go, then cell phones felt real optional. Um, I could go without that. I'd just not have a phone. And so <laughs> I should probably have told him beforehand, uh, oh, but he would like show, <laughs> he would like show up and be like, are you okay? I couldn't get a hold of you. And I'm like, oh yeah, um, my phone got cut off because, you know, I, I didn't want to give them the last fifty dollars because you know I don't. Yep. Now in payday, yeah. and he's going. I would have paid it, and I'm like, oh no, that's your um, money. Like that, it's fine. I don't mind not having a phone. Uh, oh, yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna go tell him that I stink at buying gifts because I grew up poor, and Listen, maybe <laughs> we need sometimes. You know, it's okay to use our poverty as a reason for certain misbehaviors. Oh, and it stinks because, like, I put in the effort. Like, I'm trying. And, like, he always is so appreciative. But, you know, then a lot of the gifts just disappear. Poof. (laughs) I never see him again. I know. I'm terrible at buying gifts. So now I just, I get her joke gifts. (laughs) <laughs> or I make, I make a joke out of her birthday or something, get her a, a, a happy 50th anniversary balloon or something. <laughs> See, and I would think that that was fantastic. And my husband is like the best gift buyer. Mm-hmm. So like, then there's the pressure on top of it. For Father's Day, though, I think I nailed it. Okay. Like, I got him his favorite candy and his favorite soda pop. 
And then I took the children away from the house for like three hours and just let him be in the house by himself because that hasn't been a thing, especially with the pandemic. Like we're never at our home without the children. So like, I just left him. No, I'm I'm not. She doesn't deserve that. I'm not that brave. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These kids are bad. Okay, these kids are bad. The kids are bad. (laughs) It is not your fault. (laughs) It's not your fault. It's those kids. I love you, dear, but you made terrible kids, so I'm sorry. Right, clearly comes from her. Just like in my case, it comes from their father. Um, Of course. But yeah, like... In my case, I'm fortunate because we have the 16, almost 17-year-old. So I was just like, get in the car. (laughs) We're going places. And so I had an extra hand to baby wrangle. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's good. Life is good. Life is good. I mean, it's ridiculous and absurd, but it's good. It's absurd. But there's people like you that are making an effort to improve the lives of people around you. And that's commendable. And well, it don't inspires say nice me. things. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to deal with people when they say mm-hmm. nice things. So well, this is actually purgatory. I'm gonna say nice things forever, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna hate it. I fucking knew it. Yeah, sorry, I knew bro. it was purgatory. I knew. Yeah. No, my um... husband was like, "No, don't be crazy." But yeah, see. <laughs> Your husband sounds awesome, by the way. Oh, he's such a cool dude. Like, there's nobody that I would have wanted to spend a pandemic with but him. Okay. Just easily easily um, relatable and deals with your shit just fine. Yeah, like, I'm not going to say he feels the same way. Uh, <laughs> he probably would be fine if I went the hell on somewhere, but yep. I think he's fantastic. Like, <laughs> He's just delightful. That's good. Um, yeah, I want to thank you for doing this again. We've <laughs> tried this recording a thousand times, and I think we finally nailed it. Yes, and if not, and we have to do it again, that makes sense. This is purgatory. Well, I was hoping that we could um, hook up again after you open your free store, and we can talk about that and how that went. Yes. Out. That would be awesome, unless it goes bad, and then, no. But never tried. <laughs> never happened. Just poof, erase <laughs> What free store? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, it's, it's that trauma right. brain making stuff Look, up. This is this is gonna come in handy. Listen, <gasps> right? I'm just saying. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for doing this. Yeah. This was great. I really appreciate oh, this it. This was fun. I think this was our funnest one of the. I think so. <laughs> right? Yes, this is. We nailed it. Okay. Well, thank you again. Um, I'll talk to you offline. Have a wonderful evening. Hey, you too. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.